All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Life of Pi. Tonight is episode number 50 in the books. And tonight, I have not one, but two very special guests. Our returning guest, we have Mr. Luke, who is joining us. And then we also have a good family friend of ours, Mr. Garrett, all the way from Belfast, Ireland, folks. And tonight, we are talking Tim Burton Batman and Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight Trilogy Batman. Gentlemen, how are we doing? And thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be talking to you. Yeah. Hey, Paul. Glad to be back. Thanks for the invite. And uh, really excited to do a podcast here with Garrett. Absolutely. Yeah, because I know Garrett reached out to me, so I was like, hmm, can we do a two-for-one special here? And we made it work. Yeah, I thought that it would be a good good podcast to maybe compare, you know, the, the old Batman versus the, the new edition. Yeah, so, Garrett, you're what, it's what, 9 o'clock your time right now, is that right? Yeah, it's 9 p.m. here okay. in Belfast. Jumping right into it, I actually had to rewatch the original first two Batmans because I haven't seen them in probably 10, 11 years plus for both of them. And honestly, I feel like they still hold up compared to the newer Batmans. What do you guys think? Well, Gareth, I'll, uh, I'll let you kick it off. I actually did just watch uh, both Tim Burton Batmans this week. So, Paul, I'm with you. But, uh, Gareth, go ahead. Let's hear your thoughts. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you, Paul, because I'll, I'll tell you where I am with Tim Burton and what he did for the Batman franchise is that before 1989, Batman my recollection was the old uh, TV series Adam West um, Burt Ward you know the red bat phone the Batmobile very iconic great on Sunday mornings when I was a kid watching it and you know I grew up with that and it was fantastic but Tim Burton redefined the whole genre the comic book genre mm-hmm. and he brought a different dimension to Batman he changed it he made it darker and uh, you know he created a Gotham as a sort of a you know a dystopia and then his visual style was stunning and without that the nolan batman you know wouldn't have been as as dynamic as it would have been there so i think it, it is still relevant what burton did you know essentially 30 years ago um he, he sort of redefined a whole sort of comic book genre so how do you feel how do you guys feel about like michael keaton as like the first, I guess, movie Batman. So we all know Adam West was the TV Batman. How do you feel about Michael Keaton as the choice for Batman, like on the big screen? I really like him, Paul, and I think Gareth makes a great point about how Tim Burton, the style of the uh, of Gotham City, and just the feel of those movies. It was so dark. Um, there wasn't really much lighting in the movies. It didn't seem like it seemed like most of the movie was taking place just at night. Yeah, and in the darkness, but yet you would see these shots of Gotham City and you're just like, wow, it's stunning. And for a movie that was made, I think the first Batman was 1989 and Batman Returns was 1992. uh, They've held up extraordinarily well. Yeah, and going back to Keaton, he was, you know, there was was a lot of complaints there from sort of Batman and comic book fans that Keaton got uh, the role because uh, Keaton, Michael Keaton came from um, a sort of a comic background, you know, he was a sort of a comedian, he had sort of done Beetlejuice and he was that sort of theatre actor. So how was he going to take on the role of, of the Cape Crusader? 
and a, a lot of a lot of people you know he wasn't a very physical actor you know he, he had sort of done those action roles before so there was a lot of there's a lot of concerns there from you know true fans of, of the film but Mike, michael keaton made it his own um and he defined it um uh, absolutely and uh, you know that is the big debate you know is it, it was michael keaton the best batman i think he can hold his own as yeah, I, I completely agree with all that. Uh, it, what's amazing is, like, if you watch, I just watched Batman Returns today. Uh, so there's, there, I think in the first half hour of the film, he's only in it for, like, five minutes. And he doesn't talk and at all. Exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. Michael Keaton's Batman, a lot of times, like, uh, when he met, the first time he met uh, uh, Selena, Selena Kyle, is that right? Yeah, Selena Kyle, Kyle yeah. Yeah, so he the first time he meets her, the penguins invading that uh, the mayor and Max Shrek's little uh, little outing that they're having, mm-hmm. and you know she's talking to Batman, and and he literally doesn't say anything, and that's a lot of what Michael Keaton did, and but he played it so well, it was so perfect. See, like I was reading up on this, what I'm gonna go over to the Bruce Manor, so I was actually reading up on it that people were like like so like freaking out about this original movie that they had a mansion picked out somewhere over in california but they had to move the shooting location to a like a castle slash mansion whatever you want to call it over in london so people from america couldn't like try and like break into the house while they're filming so they spent like all all the mansion scenes you've seen were filmed in like a two-month span that's all they did they just filmed at the mansion all the scenes and they came back to America and filmed everything else on like a soundstage, just from, like wow, all, all I, the. I didn't fam- know that. Yeah, just from all the fan. I was just like reading up on. I was like, it makes sense though, because you think about like if you see like a movie set now, people like freak out and like try and like run into it and stuff and that. Yeah, and yeah, it was for- an interesting fact. Never knew that about the filming of it. And we forgot to mention that Michael Keaton went to Kent State University. He did. Good yeah, old, that is a good old Ohio a nice boy. Fun fact right he there. was a Kent State dropout, I believe, but yeah, yeah he he was there. Yeah. If I remember, it's funny cr- if you, sorry, go ahead, Luke. Sorry, Paul. Yeah, it's funny if you go there, they have a picture of. I think right when you go into like the, guys' the pizza office. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. They have all the famous pizza or all the famous uh, celebrities and people who come out of Kent State, and it, it is guys' pizza has the pictures mm-hmm. of. Um, yeah, that's you know that's another good podcast idea. We should have some recollections, some stories from uh, Kent State. Oh my gosh, I don't think we could tell half of them. <laughs> yeah, you're you're right. We probably we probably should stick to the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I've got some good stories about Gareth though. Uh, I, I think yeah. your fans would probably like those. Oh, see, yeah, we we can do that in a separate episode for sure. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so. I was having a debate, like my buddies came over the other night, we're doing a little YouTube football show, and I was watching, and they're like, what do you watch? I'm like, Batman Returns. They're like, the old one? I'm like, yeah, it's called research, guys. You gotta research your topic. And then I was trying to explain to them that Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, that was like a big deal, because she was like huge in the 90s, just like Kim Basinger in the first one. She was a big name, beautiful blonde in the first one, and I'm like, she was like the original like Catwoman with her outfit, it was very... I guess the best term to put is sexualized, but everybody thought it was like, like the outfit was just like sexy, I guess. Maybe it was just me. I don't know. From what I read, like everyone was like, they loved the outfit. My buddies were like, this outfit sucks. Halle Berry's is better. I'm like, first of all, 
Halle Berry's solo movie was awful. We can, I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. Cor- yeah. Correct? I'm with you there. I, I, you yeah, know, big, I, didn't, big I didn't even see it. Yeah, I mean, I never saw it. I just saw it was like Rotten Tomatoes, like 8% or whatever it was, and I was like, nah, I'm good. Even though she's from Cleveland. So... <laughs> But yeah. I, I was I was trying She's to explain to them. Too. I'm like Michelle Pfeiffer was a huge name, so like they had these big name people, and this is like the first time like this is like one of the first comic book movies too, wasn't it? Like the first ones they one of the first ones they've done with Catwoman or no, just in general. Yes. I think it was one of the first like comic book movies they tried to do, I believe. Correct? Yes, that, that Superman. But yeah, say Burton stepped up and I say he made this sort of the comic book genre. You know, onto the big screen, but yes, Superman and Batman, yeah, would be the, the big two. Yeah, because like I said, I know, like, because I, because I mean, that you think about like the people they had in both these movies, the villain you had, the Joker, Catwoman, and Penguin. Correct? Am I forgetting anybody in those two? In the first yeah, two movies, no. yeah, the first two. So you had like, your cast for like your big name people were Michael Keaton, Kim Basinger, Michelle Pfeiffer, Jack Nicholson, and Danny DeVito. And all those people were like, that was like their prime. They could have done anything else. And they chose to do these movies. And they were all huge, big names. And three or four of them are still pretty big name actors, even now. And what, 2022 is what we're in now? Which is pretty yeah, impressive, I mean, you don't get honestly. Bigger than, yeah, you don't get bigger than Jack Nicholson. And, and like a, a great thing about you know, the, the Batman, uh, the 1989 version, Jack Nicholson is the Joker. Yeah, it's my, it's my favorite line in any film ever was the you know, the scene where they're in the museum and Batman you know bursts through the the you know the skylight and he, he thinks he's down and, and takes Vicky Vale away mm-hmm. and Joker's just less stunned and he goes where does he get those, those wonderful toys, toys? yes I, I love that, that line that is the greatest line in cinema history <laughs> see that's a good one I like that one, and I love the one line he says, but I, he says it too many times. I think if he said it once, it'd be it'd be better. He goes, have you ever danced with, with the devil under the pale moonlight? Devil in the pale moonlight. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a great line, but he says it like six times, and it kind of loses its luster after like the third time to I me. Think, you know, I think that when you say that, and I agree, like sometimes they overplay things in movies and they sit and repeat too much, but I think that just goes to show like, he knew he was saying that over and over again and the joker is always you know he's a deranged villain so yeah. you, you know it kind of, to me it kind of if you look at the other side of it it kind of adds to it like this guy's just absolutely crazy and then another thing was this was like the first like big screen batmobile appearance too and like the special effects they had were actually pretty awesome for what they had in 1989 and 92 yeah, as, as, Jack, as the Joker said, he, he had great, wonderful toys in 1989. Yeah, I think the Batmobile from the uh, Michael Keaton movies, uh, I, I actually like it more than the, in the Christopher Nolan, the Tumblr. I do, I too. Just, I mean, the, the Batmobile is just outstanding. Like, they, they recently released, uh, probably a couple years ago, a, a Batmobile Lego set from the 1989 movie, and I got it and it's just it's because that car is just incredible yeah it's very iconic yeah i love that it's literally just like you can tell he's not driving at all because the car can't turn so like most of his like the driving is literally just him going straight because i guess the car couldn't turn very well just because the way it was built so they had to shoot everything of him at, at angles so it looked like he was turning but he was just going straight the whole time yeah it was it was massive that that's also another interesting piece that i didn't know of wasn't that wasn't the, do you remember god you might not remember this i might be going way 
out in left field here, but I remember when we were kids, they had like Taco Bell was doing like a Batman giveaway. You could win the Batmobile. Do you I, remember? I, you this? know what? I kind of remember that. And I and I remember somebody won, it and they're like, "But you can't drive it because the engine will literally explode because it was made just for movie." Yeah, and, you know what? So also in Batman to, to build off that point, Batman Returns. Do you recall it? It's in the beginning of the movie when uh, he, he first comes to the uh, the Max Shrek party, and uh, he he catches the guy who's blowing fire out of his mouth mm-hmm. on fire by. Uh, you know, taking off with his car, but do you realize how the car has to go up on this like stand and turn around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember? And and I was thinking when I was watching the movies, I'm like, well, you know, he could just turn the car around, but Paul, maybe that's why because they couldn't turn the car around. Yeah, because they because because you think about it, they probably had that stop motion stuff back then where they couldn't just zoom around, you know, because they, they you know, it's, it's a little limited technology back in the late 80s early 90s but still like these movies i thought the special effects were pretty cool for what they had available to them in that time period yeah completely so sorry go ahead gareth no again it's it's tim burton you know he was he was pushing cinema forward that time so how do you guys feel like who do you think is the best joker and catwoman that you've seen between like the tim burton and the Dark Knight trilogy. My view on it? Yeah. Whoever, whoever wants I, to go first. I, I, and I, I, I love Jack Nicholson as an actor, and I thought he'd done a fantastic job as, as a Joker in in the original Batman. But, but Heath Ledger was, was something else. He, he His on-screen performance playing the Joker in, in the Dark Knight was something else. He was, he was just chaos. I mean, he was just unpredictable. Um, and I think that's probably amplified with his untimely death a few months, you know, before it was released. But he really, you know, redefines the Joker on on the big screen. Luke, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Jack's Joker's tough to beat, but uh, Heath did it. I mean, it just like Gareth said, it was the chaos. It was just, it was just completely maddening. And the fact that he passed away before the movie was released, I mean, that just added to it because. A lot of the reports out there were, "Hey, he just got so into the role that um, it, he just pretty much was just he was the Joker, and that's how seriously he took the role." And some people were saying, "Well, that that contributed to to some of the issues." Mm-hmm. Pro- who, who knows? But um, yeah, the the way he performed the Joker, Heath Ledger, was just incredible. Yeah. And I know we're I mean, not talking about. Go ahead, Gary. No, no, no. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I know we're not talking about Walking Phoenix today, but uh, I mean, we can. Be interested but to it, see what you guys think about that. I thought he did a fantastic job as the Joker, and every Joker rendition was just so different. Like uh, Cesar Romero in uh, the Adam West Batman's. I thought he was a great Joker as well. Mm-hmm. So just so many different renditions. They've all played them well, but I, I'd have to go with Gareth and say Heath Ledger's the best best you, Joker. You don't want to talk about Jared Leto's Joker? <laughs> yeah, you know, I kind of ignored that just because it just, <laughs> I wasn't yeah, there's too, many, too many spin-offs, you know, I, I just, I wasn't that interested in it. But, uh, I mean, Heath Ledger, I mean, there's a, that great scene, you know, um, when he's blowing up the hospital, and just before he leaves, you know, he's, he's using a hand sanitizer, so perhaps he was a Ahead of the game, you know, sanitizing his hands or COVID, you know. Yeah. So it's 
<laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff. I guess I was like, I was reading up on it. He actually improvised like a lot of stuff. Where he hits the controller when he's walking out to blow it up, he just improvised that because yeah. I guess like the explosions didn't go off on time, so he improvised it and just hit it as like kind of like okay guys, and then it went off and they like were able to capture it. So like he improvised like the hand lotion and the banging of the little trigger thing. And another cool thing I was reading up about is that Maggie Gyllenhaal in the scene where the Joker breaks, where Heath Ledger breaks in as the Joker into like the the Harvey Dent's like ball or whatever, like the fundraiser. Yeah. And then Maggie, he grabs Maggie Gyllenhaal's face and he goes, you, he goes, you know how I got these scars? She had never seen him in the makeup. So like the, like they said that was actual, her, her actually scared to death of him. Wow. Cause she hadn't seen him in character none of the costumes none of the makeup that was the first time she'd seen him like during the filming at all and yeah, that, that was, was the first scene. thing she saw yeah that, that was the intense because that's I think it's the first time that the camera in that film is, is you know, right up in his face and, and uh, he has the knife you know you know, asking her about how he got the scars and stuff and, and you can really see the you know the intensity in his acting there and I love that his scar story changes like three times during the movie. You're just like, this guy is a nut job. Yes. And the stories are all just so dark. Yeah. And another thing, I tell you what though, I, I'm a big movie poster fan. I have to say, that it is. I have his movie poster on my wall. The Joker, he's where he's like behind the glass, like carving why so serious with blood with his hands. Yeah. I think that is one of the cool. I saw the movie poster and I was like, this movie is going to be one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. And it was. Yeah, that's, that scene is the good cop, bad cop one with Gordon. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's fantastic. Obviously, Commissioner Gordon playing the good cop, and the lights go out, and, and Batman's there, slams the head mm-hmm. off the table, and you know, literally, you know, you, you can see the the intensity of it. And he actually did beat uh, Heath Ledger up on it. You know, to, to get the you know the reaction out of it, and he fled him. You know, because it was all about the intensity of of that role. You know, so he he did take a, a lot of physical punishment for it. Yeah, and like his all of his like he's just laughing. He goes, "There's nothing." He goes, "You have nothing. You can do nothing to me." He goes, "Money doesn't matter. You have nothing." I'm like, and when you meet someone like that, has literally nothing to lose. That is the most terrifying thought and feeling you could possibly have when it comes to someone like that. That you can't get to them at all if you take their money. They don't care. They're just out to cause chaos, as he likes to say. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's uh, he he pulled it off perfectly. I mean, he frightened the audiences. Uh, it was just it was an incredible performance. And like, like that for what, the first like ten minutes of the bank robbery, ten fifteen minutes, whatever it is, like the opening scene, man, is just it's so intense. And he looks at yeah, the guy. It, Go ahead, Gary. Well, Sorry. it was well, it was it was well shot that that opening scene. Um, of the bank, lots of intensity. You know, obviously one of the bank clerks sort of takes the shotgun and fights back, and you know, it's it's great drama. You say something, Luke? No, no, I didn't okay. say anything. So, how do you guys feel about the other characters that we meet along the way on like the Dark Knight trilogy? You got Ra's al Ghul, Two Face, Scarecrow, Bane, and Catwoman. Yeah, Ra's al Ghul was uh, was an incredible character. Liam, um, Liam yeah. Neeson. Great Irish connection. Yeah. You know? And coming full circle uh, throughout the whole trilogy, you know, you, you think he dies in the first movie, but uh, it was just it was just 
uh, pretty cool how it how it all came full circle with that story. So you know after after uh, the Joker because the way that the second movie the Dark Knight um, what was the second one? I'm sorry, I'm having a complete brain cramp today. The, the, the Dark, Dark Knight. Knight is the second one, yeah. and then the Dark yes. Knight Rises is the third one. Is the third one? Yeah, sorry about that. So the okay. way that ends, you know, where he's dangling over the building and and uh, you know he's like we're destined to do this forever and then the movie ends and of course at that point everybody had known Heath Ledger died but it would have been really interesting to see like would they have brought the Joker back for the final movie and what would have his his role have been in that but I think I think the third movie um, you know it, it kind of got some some negative reviews but uh, I thought it was outstanding I, I thought Christopher Nolan wrapped up the series just perfectly yeah, they from what I read, they wanted they they after like the reviews they got originally, they wanted to bring Heath, they they said if he wanted to pass away, they would have one hundred percent brought Heath Ledger back as Joker if he wanted to do it. Which yeah, I think which would have been incredible. I would have done another Batman just just a Batman Joker movie that'd been amazing. Well, that's the thing. I mean, not that he would have ever done that, but uh, I would have loved to see him in a Joker, just a standalone movie. I mean, if. His performance was just that good. Yeah, yeah and stop class. And the one thing I like that Christopher Nolan actually did with the series is like the original Batman. You don't really get like the beginning of it. You're like, oh, Batman's already here. He's around. People know about it. This one, it's like you start at the very beginning. He falls down the bat cave so he can get back up, and he's terrified of bats. And then his parents get killed and outside the play. And like you get the whole background story from beginning to end which I personally love because I'm like, everybody knows like the origin story, but you never really got it on the big screen, I guess, because the TV show, Gareth, the TV show didn't, di didn't go into that, did it? No, no. The TV show was, over its time, it was 60s and 70s. It was very camp, but, you know, it was very innocent in, in that and, respect. Um, and that was like... Going the, the backstory of that. And that was like the, the series where like the crash, bam, boom, pow, wham, yeah. that one. That's the one, yeah. And holy, holy is, Batman. It's still really good though, too. It's fun. Oh, yeah. It's it's still it. Yeah. Yeah. But that was it. But yeah, I mean, uh, Christopher Nolan goes into the backstory of Batman very well in his trilogy, um, and it was it was the thing that Nolan was able to do was he was able to wrap the whole Batman story up in a trilogy that perhaps Burton wasn't able to do. Uh, and you see, you know, his childhood, what happens to his parents, you know, the whole sort of genesis of Batman with you know, his training and so forth. So. Yeah, he, he done that very well. And then, of course, you have Rachel, which, honestly, I, I didn't even care about that character at all, if I'm being completely honest. I could care less about Batman's love interest. I'm like, we all know it's Catwoman. Everybody knows it's Catwoman. We don't need Rachel. But I get why they did it, because you had to bring in Harvey Dent, Two-Face. So I get it. But when she, when she got blown up, I was like, eh, maybe that makes me, you know, a, a psycho or something like that. I just didn't really care, <laughs> personally. Yeah. <laughs> She, I, you know, and I, I really liked her character, though. Uh, I don't know. I, I see what you're saying, but it, who was it in the first one? It was um, um, Katie oh. Holmes, right? Who? Katie Holmes Katie? was in Batman yeah. Begins. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. another. She's another Ohio girl. Oh, is she? Yeah, I think she's. I think she's from the Cleveland area as well. So, what do you think of uh, of Two Face, Aaron Eckhart's uh, performance of Harvey Dent? I liked it. I thought it was better than Tommy Lee Jones is in the Batman Forever movie that they did. That was awful. <laughs> you know what? Batman Forever, though, I, I actually liked a lot more than uh, 
which I think anybody would agree with, George Clooney's one Batman, Batman and Robin. Yeah, that one's forgettable. But Batman Forever, although it does get some negative press, but it's not in the Burton franchise, it's, it, it, it's a decent addition to, to the Batman I saga. Just, I just didn't like because yeah. I'm like, I don't need nipples on the bat suit. Like, I don't need bat nipples. Like, I don't need that in my life. Not now, not ever. Was that ever. Val Kilmer's or was that George Clooney's? They both had it. Uh, they both yeah, had it. Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. Well, I really enjoyed, though, I, I, I did like um, Two-Face in, in Batman Forever. Um, I, I thought Tommy Lee Jones did a good job. And even with as goofy as Jim Carrey was as the Riddler, it's still, Tim Burton wasn't the director, but he was the producer of that movie. So oh, I didn't know that, had, okay. Yeah, there's still, it was a lot more light. Like you could tell right away, like the whole, the whole cinematography of it was just all different. Like it was way more light than the first two Batmans. Uh, but it, it still had elements of darkness and I, it wasn't terrible. I, I'm with Gareth here. That I, I did enjoy that movie. Yeah, I, I could watch it again and enjoy it. And you two done the soundtrack. I can remember correctly. I'll tell you what though. I mean, Jim Carrey's The Riddler I thought was fantastic. I thought his role was awesome. I bet he just, I thought he did such a good job just playing that just off the wall crazy person. Yeah, that was that was his, his, his time in the mid 90s with Dumb, Dumb and Dumber and Yes, Ventura and stuff. He was he was a big actor then. Yeah, I was listening to like a, like a podcast like while I was at work the other day, and I guess they were saying that like people like were like out to eat or whatever, and they like this was while they were filming Batman, and I guess like Tommy Lee Jones was at dinner somewhere while they're filming that this movie, and I guess like Jim Carrey walked in and said like waved to him and said walked across the restaurant, and Tommy Jones told him to come over. Jim's like, hey, what's up, Tom? You know, we're, we're recording tomorrow. I guess Tom Lee Jones looks at him and goes, I don't like you. You're annoying. And just got up and walked away. I've, I've heard that story, actually. <laughs> While they're getting ready, the day before they start filming their scenes together. So that's why there's not a lot of scenes of them together, because they did not like each other. Yeah, and they didn't like each other in the movie either, which was kind of, yeah. you know, so plays you, off that well, too. But I feel like Tom Lee Jones doesn't like anybody. <laughs> If we're being Tommy honest. Lee Jones is one of my favorite actors. Like, oh, he's I, a great actor. Great actor. I just don't yeah, think he likes the, anybody. In The Fugitive and U.S. Marshals, uh, that's when I, when I first started seeing those movies. I was like, man, this Tommy Lee Jones is awesome. And then Men in Black, uh, I liked him more than Will Smith. So I was just a big Tommy Lee Jones fan. So I really enjoyed his uh, Two-Face portrayal. Who do you guys, who do you feel has been the best Batman in your lifetime, outside of Adam West, because I'm talking just strictly movies, you got Michael Keaton, George Clooney, Val Kilmer, Christian Bale, Ben Affleck, and now Robert Pattinson. But obviously, we haven't seen what they're going to do with him yet because that movie isn't out yet. I'm excited for that movie, though. I wasn't, and then I saw the trailer and how dark it looks. Oh, I'm man. like, okay, okay. No, you see that scene where they, I think it was in the trailer, where Batman is just, he is just beating the crap out of this guy. And he just, he's relentless with it. And I'm like, well, if the movie's gonna go down that path, this is gonna be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, to answer the question though, I think my favorite Batman, uh, Christian Bale, I thought was was probably put in the best situation. Just, I, I think that whole trilogy is fantastic. And I think he benefited from Christopher Nolan, who's obviously uh, fantastic. So I, I think, Christian Bale benefited from that, and I, I have to give him the edge in my vote. Yeah, I would agree. Christian Bale, I would, for his physicality, 
what Batman, you know, looked like iconically, you know, all the gadgets, the bat suit and so forth. Yeah, I would go with Bale, but there would be no, that Batman wouldn't exist without Michael Keaton's Batman because, you know, he, he changed the course of what Batman was and, you know, that, that led into the Nolan trilogy of it there. So you have to, uh, you know, highlight Michael Keaton's uh, contribution to it, but Bale for me. So how do you guys feel about, like, the voice that Christian Bale did, the Batman voice? I'm Batman! Like, every time I watch the movie, I forget he does it. I'm just like, oh, God. Because, like, I mean, like, Michael Keaton didn't really do, like, a like a voice, did he? He didn't really, like, try and change his voice that I remember. No. Yeah. No, I, I did, he didn't. I didn't mind it. I, You know, it's kind of goofy at first. You kind of laugh, and, like, it's good to say, oh, he's, like, he's being ridiculous here. But I kind of looked at it like he's actually trying to mask his voice somewhat. Mm-hmm. And... You know, because if this was real life, I think anybody would be able to put together that Bruce Wayne is is Batman. So I, I didn't mind the voice thing. I do get where people kind of poke fun at it, but to me, it was it wasn't a big issue. And if you look at Bruce Wayne in the Nolan series, you know he's you know he's a bit of a playboy. He's sort of running around town with all the beautiful women, and you know he's at this party and that party and shows up everywhere. So. You know, he's probably met everyone in Gotham, so he probably has to do something with his voice. And it's funny because, like in the Tim Burton ones, it, like Michael Keaton's yeah, almost, almost like he's like a recluse almost. Yeah, he's, he's very he's very socially awkward, sort of geeky. You know, the the, the Bruce Wayne differences are, are, are very um, contrasting there between the, the two trilogies in, in that regards. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like to me, I feel like the Dark Knight trilogy had such an impact on just like the world in general because like how many people dress as the joker for the next like two or three years after the dark knight came out i mean you see everybody has their best joker costume on like the tv show the office they literally have an episode where three different guys show up dressed as the joker and it's just like on society what heath ledger did with his performance in that movie it's like you don't really see that a lot in tv as you do but it's like you see it everywhere like people are people are still dressing as like the dark knight joker like two what the movie came out 2008 it's 2022 and i still see people to this day kids like in their 20s that are just seeing it for the first time dressing as a joker almost almost 20 years later at this point and to me that's like it's crazy to think about yeah no i i agree i think and part of that is that the movie was so well done uh, because like you, you don't see anybody dressing as Jared Leto's uh, Joker, right? No. no. I mean, it's just the the movie was so the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. I think were just it, it just. I remember when the first one came out. I think what was the year? It was two thousand five? Yeah, oh oh five, and then Dark Knight was oh eight. Dark Knight Rises was two thousand and twelve. Yeah, I remember just seeing the preview for that, and so we were in college. And yeah. Paul, I went went saw it, and I was like, mm-hmm. "This is just—it's incredible." And like, that's why I think Ben Affleck's Batman movies—they're just—they're just so poorly written, in my opinion. And it's just they didn't give Ben Affleck a chance to to succeed, I don't think, because when I watch those movies, I don't think he's as bad as Batman as uh, you know he's kind of got the reputation. I didn't think his Batman portrayal was awful, but I thought the stories and the movies were awful. 
Yeah, see, with his Batman, it's, 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 it's three different Batmans, which, like, of course, there's different universes and comic book series and all that, but, like, his Batman, he's, like, the old, just, like, beat down, like, I don't give a shit kind of Batman now. Like, he's, like, I just don't care. I'm old, and I've been doing this for so long. He just beat the crap. And with Michael well, that, Keaton... That, sorry, go ahead, that man. Happens in the, that happens in the comics, though. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, they, they do go through Batman's life cycle like that. Yeah, and I but guess... I guess what you're saying. But I guess, like, they're talking, like, this is rumored, I don't know if it's true or not, apparently Michael Keaton is supposed to make an appearance in the newest Batman as, like, an old, just grudgy Batman. Kind of, like, teaching the new Batman, like, the ways Robert Pattinson. I don't know if it's actually going to happen or not, but if that did, I'd be super pumped if he showed up as, like, an old Batman. Well, kind of like we talked about with the Bond movies, uh... I'm trying to stay away from all sorts of uh, spoilers with that, but I've been poking around a little bit more on the internet, looking looking at stuff for the new Batman, and I think there's going to be quite a few surprises. So I, I haven't seen that one, but that would be really cool. What do you think, Garrett? Would, would you want to see Michael Keaton just show up? But he, if he shows up, he has to show up in the 1989 Batman suit. He can't be a new one. Yeah, so iconic, isn't it? Um... Yeah, I think I think that would be interesting. I think it would tie in like the old fan base, you know, would would, would be interested in it because it's so iconic. So yeah, you know, from a certainly from a marketing perspective, I think it would be a, a good thing, you know, because I I think it's it's a hard act to follow Christian Bale that that series. So that, they might need all the help they'll get. But best wishes to it. Yeah, I I, so I think that'd be cool, but it'd be kind of funny though, because then he would all he would be in the DC and the Marvel universe as two different characters at the same time, which would be kind of funny. Which I think only Ryan Reynolds has done, I believe he did DC and Marvel. Wait, who would you say Michael Keaton? Yeah, Michael Keaton is the Vulture in the Spider-Man universe. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and about and that. he's also in the new Morbius movie that's coming out, starring Jared Leto as Doctor Morbius. And he's playing. Oh, really? He's playing. He's playing his, his his character as the vulture. Oh, that'd be cool. So like, there's a lot of tie-ins with it, which I like. And Luke, do you remember the video game they came out with? Gareth, you might remember this too. Do you remember um, the Batman Forever video game they came out with? Yeah, I do. I don't recall. It was it was what was it on the the SNES? Was it? Uh, I think it was on Sega. Sega. Genesis, wasn't it? I think it was on Sega. We had it on Sega. Yeah, that's yeah, what I had it on. I mean, it it was no golden eye, but. <laughs> well, we know that's that's not happening. No, personally, I I just feel like that the I'm gonna go on a little Oscars rant for a second because the Oscars just make me angry every year. Um, I feel like the Dark Knight should have won Best Picture of the Year the year that it came out, and it did not, and it made me angry. And yeah, I think won that yeah. I honestly don't know. I can Google it here real quick, but. It just, it makes me angry because I feel like they're never going to give, like, a comic book based movie, like, best picture. They're going to do something, like, artsy-fartsy, like they always do. And you're like, I've never even heard of this movie. Which is every year. I'm like, half the times the people that win, I'm like, I have never heard of that movie. I have no desire to see that movie. And, like, I know, like, Heath Ledger was actually up. I believe Heath Ledger was nominated for best actor that year. And he think he came in second, if I remember correctly. I thought he was going to win best actor. I really did. No Country for Old Men won in 2008. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I, re- I remember that movie. Yeah, that had a, that's a little Bond tie in Harvey R. By Dem. I'll tell you what, that guy, we, we've talked about that, but yeah. he's an awesome actor. So, how do you guys feel about, like, the difference in, like, 
the music, I guess, is another big thing in the Batman. The the the, the fight scenes, the da, 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 versus like Christopher Nolan's Batman intro, like they're all so different. They're all so different. Yeah, uh, I love the music. The, the Tim Burton Batman music is just it's classic. It's iconic. It's tough to beat. Because to I, me, that's to me that's Batman right there. Because I think. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Gary. Go ahead. No, I agree. The '89 music was was it was probably more iconic than the the Nolan series there on that. It was yeah, I, I would agree with that. You know that that score when when he shows up or when he's driving in the Batmobile, it's, it's it goes with the mood of the film and the feel of the film. It's it's dark and you know it's that underbelly um, of Gotham. You know it, it was it was excellent. I think that's the definitive musical score for Batman. Okay, so I was having a debate with my buddies the other night, and we were comparing Star Wars and Batman. So, Luke, I know you're a big Star Wars guy. Mm-hmm. But, like, he was trying to tell me Star Wars is more iconic. I'm like, I don't deny Star Wars is more iconic than Batman. But I told them I prefer Batman more just because I think Batman's more of a badass because he does everything. He fights with his fists and his hands. He doesn't have a lightsaber. He can't throw people with his mind. They're like, no. No, Star Wars is way more hand-to-hand combat. I'm like, they're using lightsabers. It's totally different. And they can't, mm-hmm. Batman yeah. can't get in a spaceship and zip away to another galaxy at, at lights at warp speed if something goes wrong. No, he has to stand there and figure it out without any weapons. He just has to beat people up with his hands. What do you think? Yeah, well, I, I think uh, Batman is just one, one man and the Star Wars universe, like you said, you've got the Jedis who can do all that stuff. But I, I, I will say Batman is my favorite superhero of all time. And so, like, if I had to pick, like we talked about, I wanted to be like James Bond when uh, we, we had our Bond podcast. But I also went through this phase, and I told you about the Power Rangers. We talked about that a little mm-hmm. bit. Yep. But I wanted to be Batman, too, because you're right. Batman's just a badass. Like, he is just, he's rich. Um, he's, he just... He does all this stuff with his hands. He's got all these cool toys, like Gareth said. You know, so Batman's awesome. Whenever I'd go to, you guys remember the restaurant Planet Hollywood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I, every time I would go to a Planet Hollywood, and there wasn't any around where I lived, but there was one down in Myrtle Beach. So we'd go on vacation to Myrtle Beach every year. And I would always tell my parents, I'd be like, we, we really need to go to this Planet Hollywood. And whenever the Planet Hollywood had like a Batman costume, I was like, this is so cool. Like one of the ones that, I don't know, Val Kilmer, maybe it was a Michael Keaton one. And I'm just like, I would love to be Batman someday. Um, so I, I forget what the original question was, but I, uh, if I had to pick between Star Wars and Batman. I enjoyed the Star Wars series more, but Batman as a character is, is one of my all-time favorites. Oh, I, I was yeah, talking like right. hand-to-hand combat. I think that's more badass than having a lightsaber. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I would, I'd always pick sort of Batman as, as well over like Superman. That's another sort of, uh, you know, comparison. You know, who, who, who would you prefer to be? And, and yeah, I think Batman is more relatable. Okay, so another question that I, I have for you guys. So at the end of The Dark Knight Rises, Batman takes the atomic bomb and he flies it away and you see everything explode. Then you have, then it goes over to Alfred over. I forget what where he goes to visit. I didn't. I forgot to write it down. Do you think he really sees 
Christian Bale there with Anne Hathaway with a baby, or do you think he's just imagining seeing him there because he wants him to be alive and be happy? I always thought that that was him really there. Because I know... I haven't heard that other theory. Because I know they said, Fox said, that they said something about, like, oh, like, the uh, like he turned on the... He somehow got the autopilot working. Yeah. Which, which I'm like, wait, so is he actually dead, or is he alive, and he just escaped from another country to live out his life with Catwoman? I, I, I believe that to be the case. I, I don't think it was a uh, mirage. I think that was real life. I haven't heard that theory. It's interesting, but... Uh, what do you think, Gareth? Yeah, I think yeah, that, that that leaves you in a good place there if he's, you know, with the uh, Anne Hathaway. That's where I would like to be, you know. Um, Wouldn't we all? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, going back into, into like, uh, you know, Christian Bale, you know, you ever, you ever look at sort of when he comes off, you know, fight scenes, you know, with Rottweiler dogs and stuff, you know, and and then he, he stitched himself back up the following day you know, with mm-hmm. Alfred, you know, you know, you know, he, he's mortal, you know, and, and that was a, you know, a, a thing that I think Christopher Nolan really built in well too, that he was just an ordinary guy that liked to go out at night, and uh, be a vigilante. Um, and then he'd, he'd be covered in bruises and bumps and cuts and, and what have you the following day. Yeah. And I love that. Like they had like a little layer of humor throughout the movies, but it wasn't like so much like, Cause like what like so this is gonna be totally off base a little bit like the Marvel movies they, they they try and do a lot of humor with them I mean I love the Marvel movies but sometimes I'm like I need more like seriousness in certain parts versus like humor with the Batman movies they had a little bit of humor with Michael Caine and Christian Bale and by the way Michael Caine I think absolutely crushed it as Alfred absolutely knocked it out of the park so like, like yeah, actor Michael Caine yeah yeah Mike, yeah Michael Caine. But yeah, like, like they're back with like you were saying, like the senior's talking about Gareth, like where he's like stitch himself. He goes, "You always make a bloody mess when you stitch yourself up." He goes, "What happened?" He goes, "A dog." He goes, "A dog." He goes, "It was a big dog." And he does like the thing with his hand, and it's just it's so funny. And, and Alfred just rolls his eyes, and they're talking about like he's getting ready to stop being Batman. And, he, and Christian Bale's like, "Well, I'll just tell him the whole thing was your idea." And Alfred's like, "I don't think so, dude." <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, they're good to on-screen chemistry, them two. Sort of very father and son, sort of mentor kind of thing. Thank you. And the, the chemistry between um, Gary Oldman, Commissioner Gordon. And yes, Christian he was Bale, awesome too, yes. W- was really, really good. And uh, yeah, did you... Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Do you hear who the new the new uh, Commissioner Gordon is, guys? Yep, it's Felix wow. from the Bond movies. Yeah. I haven't heard. Yeah, it's uh, it's Felix Leiter, Gareth. Oh, very excellent. Yeah, but Gary Ullman, I think he defined Commissioner Gordon. You know, you kind of see him in that role. You know, if I think of Commissioner Gordon, I think of Gary Ullman. Yep, same here, same here. I think Jeffrey Wright will do a, a, an awesome job too. But yeah, the the uh, the actors' chemistry between each other and Lucius Fox and and Bruce Wayne. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Morgan Freeman. My God, that guy's a legend. I mean, yeah. Ugh, so yeah. he's good in everything he does. He's just it's unbelievable. But yeah. So yeah, me. So the, sorry. Go ahead, go Luke. Ahead, Paul. Go ahead, man. You're good. I was, gonna, I, was, I was gonna say. So the new movie. I know we we wanted to stick with uh, the old franchise. Oh, that's okay. I mean, we can we can talk about whatever. You know how it was with the Bond series. We talked about Power Rangers for ten minutes with our Bond podcast. <laughs> well, you so the, like Colin Farrell's gonna play the Penguin. Yeah. Like, 
that's I've seen some pictures of him like wow like that I didn't, guy is, he's just going through these transformations these actors who go through these body transformations for the roles it's it's incredible like you've seen Chris, Christian Bale and uh, American Psycho right where he yeah he turned himself into a skeleton basically no that was uh, the machinist he turned himself to a skeleton that's right and then what was the movie where he uh, he put on a lot of weight that was Batman he put on like 40 pounds of muscle well of muscle but wasn't there a role where he, he played like a fatter guy was there, it in a Matthew McConaughey movie or maybe I'm thinking about somebody else I don't think so I don't think, I don't think they've ever done a movie together that I remember but I mean so I could rumor, be wrong I don't know everything about Christian Bale <laughs> well rumor has it Matthew McConaughey's in the new Batman movie interesting I wonder who he would be though that's Harvey Dent really because they have See, because I know with this one, they have the Penguin, who's Colin Farrell. Then you have the Riddler, and I forget the actor's name, but he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's a young, he's a kid, probably in his, think, late 20s, early 30s now. Um, and you got Zoe Kravitz's daughter as the new Catwoman, which I'm not really that thrilled about, but it is what it is. But there's no Joker in this one, which I found odd, because you'd think you would, you would get Batman's main... You know. Yeah, but what I like is that they're bringing in so many bad guys right off the bat. Like you, yeah. you got the Riddler, you got the Penguin. Uh, you might have Harvey Dent, whether he's Two Face or not in this movie. I think maybe Scarecrow's going to be in this movie. Um, which yeah, American nice. Hustle. Yes, American Hustle. That's right, Gary. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he did. He put up like forty-five pines for a with Hustle. Yeah. Yeah, from what I read, there's supposed to be five villains in this movie. Which is awesome. So, uh, Margot Robbie is, uh, she's listed on the IMDb page for this movie. And so, that's one of the holes I started going down. And, uh, you know, I don't want to spoil anything for your, your podcasters. So, if uh, somebody doesn't want to hear this, maybe turn it off. But, you know, she played <laughs> Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Yes, she and, did. Whew. And so, uh, you know, I think she's reprising that role, which would lend the thought that, you know, maybe we're going to get Joker in this series. At some point. At some point. Maybe the next movie. Maybe it, maybe a cameo in it. And it's just been so tight-lipped. I mean, I, I think it's going to be really good. It's going to be different because what Robert Pattinson's, uh, he's a lot younger than any of the other guys who've, who have played Batman, so... Yeah, I'm just iffy on it, because, like, I know it's going to sound terrible, people are probably going to roll their eyes when they hear this, but I still see him as the, the Edward from Twilight. That, that's what I see him as forever. <laughs> it's terrible, because he's done a bunch of... He's done dozens of other movies. But I, I in my brain, it's like Daniel Radcliffe. To me, he's always Harry Potter. And I know it's not fair to him, yeah. but, like, to me, it's, he's just... I'm like, that's Harry Potter. Every time I see him, that's Harry Potter. Or that's... Edward from Twilight, like, and I just like typecast people in my mind, and I hate that my brain does that because these dudes obviously guy to dozens of other movies that are just even better than what they've done in the past. Yeah, you make a good point. I mean, I I didn't see Twilight, so I uh, I haven't typecast him in that role. But you, Harry Potter, yeah, Daniel Radcliffe, that that'll always be Harry Potter to me yeah. too. Maybe we should do a Harry Potter podcast. We can do Harry Potter. I mean, I'll, I'll watch him. We'll get uh, we'll get Lind on here. She's a big Potterhead. Oh, we can get Lind on there. Yeah. Oh. Maybe with, next time we do a Bond podcast, we uh, we get Gareth on because I think me and Gareth 
talk even more about Bond than uh, than Batman here. Gareth, yeah, would yeah, you, would you be interested in a Bond one? Yeah, big time. I, I think I listened to your um, your recent Bonds podcast there, and, and you know, I was kind of a little bit different. I was more Sir Roger Moore growing up, mm-hmm. um, where I think you were more Pierce Brosnan. Um, so that sort of difference in in, in the age gap and then sort of growing up I, I was more sort of Sir Roger Moore so I could, I could maybe add a bit, bit more of a context of what he brought uh, to, to the Bond the franchise uh, but obviously with um, Pierce Brosnan being Irish it's, it's good to see an Irish man getting ruled for such an iconic actor yeah, so like I think what we're going to do is, and, and folks I'm sorry we're kind of off topic but this happens if you've listened to any episode I've ever done, but I think what we're gonna do next, Gareth. I think what me and Luke talk about. We're gonna start. We're gonna start with Sean Connery, and then just kind of yeah. work our way up from there, like timeline okay. wise. Chronologically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I'm up for that. I think we could maybe get a few Matthew Sifilms in there. Maybe look at The Godfather. Um, oh man, you're diving deep. Let's do it. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, I'm. I'm all about talking about The Godfather. So many classic lines in that cast of people in those movies. My goodness. You got De Niro and Pacino in the same movie for the first time. Ugh. They never appeared on screen together. No, they didn't. Which yeah. is so weird. You think they would do that? Sure, like they were because like um, De Niro had done Taxi by then, right? Taxi Driver, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so and like yeah, Pacino uh, was what he did. He did Scarface. So that movie's already done, correct? By the time they did Godfather, or was that after Godfather? No, no that, was that was after. That was the Eddie. Godfather, Godfather 2 is 72, 72. Okay. Yeah. Of course, you have Heat, which is also another classic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- we could totally do that. And like, I talked to Tori today on the phone. She wants to come on and do a Twilight episode. So I think we're going to do a Twilight episode coming up sometime in the next month or so. Okay. Yeah. So I'll uh, definitely I'd need like to, to. I'll I'd definitely. Like to be another guest. So I. Like I was, uh, like we said, Paul, it was groundbreaking. I get on here and do Bond, and now we got the. Uh, gonna have some more guests for you that's good yeah like i said if i'm gonna do twilight i'm also gonna need to talk about some more bond and godfather just to kind of to well, ramp gonna, it back I'll up tell you right now i'm gonna i'm gonna pass on that episode so <laughs> well hey i gotta i gotta build my female audience man no i agree with you so i'll talk about uh you know i twilight's just not my not my jam also i gotta go full disclosure here just for the integrity of the podcast uh I, I, I stated some uh, some false information on our, our Bond podcast. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah, so I said, I was, remember the story I was talking about, Live and Let Die, and how I watched that up the lake, and I, I really fell in love with Q's character? Mm-hmm. Well, Q's not in Live and Let Die. He was only, he, there was two Bond movies oh, he Luke. wasn't in. I know. And Gareth so is shaking his head at you right now, all the way from Ireland. Well, so is the rest of your audience. <laughs> The, your whole audience, when they were listening to it, was probably like, what the heck? What's wrong with this guy? But, uh, so, no, Desmond Llewellyn didn't play Q in in Dr. No or Live and Let Die. Uh, so those were the two movies that he wasn't in. So it was another Bond movie that I saw at the lake with my dad uh, that Q was in that I was like, I really love this guy. So Man. Just, wanted to, just wanted to clear that up for all you Bond fans out there. Giving out false information on the podcast. I know. I know. Fail, yeah. dude. <laughs> I'm getting suspended, right? 
<laughs> no way. You, you have the fifth most listened to episode I've ever done in like a matter of like a week and a half. So no, you're not suspended. Well, hopefully this breaks it. Um, I'm, I'm really hoping this breaks it. I want to get, if we get a chance where we can talk about uh, some some Kent stories with, with Gareth. Uh, because Gareth, one of the first things I talked about with him when I first met him, I mean, Gareth, you want to say it? Yeah, yeah it was James yeah, Bond. We, we met him in, in a, a line that um, one, one night at Kent, and we just got chatting, and obviously you realized it was, was from Ireland, the Pierce Brosnan thing popped up, and I said, no, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the, of the Bond franchise, and we got talking, he said, call in and we'll watch the film someday, and then, yeah, we're, we're, we're still sort of talking 17 years later um, you know a few visits over here to Belfast and stuff so yeah it, it, it worked out pretty well it yeah, the, did and, the, and for all you audience sorry Paul but all no, you audience members out there just kind of give you a background Paul said that Gareth's a great family friend but uh, yeah so 17 years now it's been uh, since we first met and yeah. put this in, put this in context we met and we knew each other for one semester of college and Gareth is, uh, to this day, one of my best friends ever. I love him, and uh, I love you, man. And this is, uh, it, we have a great friendship here. And yeah. I think that just goes to show you how, how close we are, because if you only know somebody for a semester, and like you stay this good of friends for 17 years. And, and he flew special. in for the weddings, too. Yeah, well, I went to Steve's wedding. Yeah. I got married like three weeks before, Luke, so I, I couldn't sort of skip my honeymoon. My wife wouldn't let me do that, but um, yeah, we were we were we're good friends. Uh, I, I, absolutely, Luke's family looked after me. His family, I love you. We this was awesome. We will definitely definitely do this again. Yeah. I said we'll figure out something here in the next couple weeks. It'll give me excuse yeah, to rewatch Bond movies. The Bond, the uh, Mafia sort of podcast session. I think you know maybe coming up with St. Patrick's Day, we can do sort of. You look at Irish films, maybe Irish actors, you know, that, that have sort of made a big, like Colin Farrell, uh, um, Liam Neeson, Kevin Murphy. Yes, that's the guys, guy. You know? So uh, I think there's, there's great scope, you know, Boondock Saints, Michael Collins, you know, those great Irish films that have done well in Hollywood. Yeah, we can yeah. even talk about um, the show Killian Murphy's in uh, on Netflix. It's like leaving me right now. Um, oh my, Peaky Blinders. Peaky well, Blinders, yeah. Scarecrow. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's Killian yeah. Murphy's character. Yeah. Great, great, great Irish actor. So he is. Yeah, he's. Yeah, Luke, if you haven't seen it yet, look up the movie Red Eye. And then oh, you've got, obviously, with Rachel McAdams. I think she's in that. But yeah, he plays the villain, and it is awesome. Yeah, the great film out in the cinema at the moment is, is Sir Kenneth Branagh's Belfast at the moment. Looks, looks very good for an Oscar this year. So, if it's any good for Yeah, I think it was in America to the end of November. It was getting some good reviews. It's done very well at the Golden Globes. Um, sort of semi autobiography, you know, autobiography of, of of his life growing up um, in Ireland at the time of the Troubles. Very very good. Maybe we could do a St. Patrick's Day kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 down for any of that. Honestly, like I will talk movies all day. You guys know that. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. No, go ahead, Luke. Sorry. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, again, well, gentlemen, it was a pleasure. Yes. And I shall see you on this platform soon. Just give me the give me the subject matter, and I'll be I'll be online. 
How's that? Sounds good, man. T tell tell the good. wife I say hello. Yeah, yeah, I will. See you tonight, hopefully. All right, guys. Well, it was a, it was a pleasure. And Gareth, we will do many more of these together, my friend. Yeah, I'll I'll text you over the weekend anyway. I want to speak to you about something. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks right, guys. so much for coming on. Good night. Night, guys. Good night. And as always, folks, I hope you've enjoyed your slice of pie.